Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and we're on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. Tags, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing, man. End of the week. It's Thursday. This is my favorite day of the week. I, I, I love having our DFS conversation because we're able to talk about some players that uh, aren't like not obvious plays, and we kind of have to pick out our favorite ones. So I, I definitely like uh, Thursdays a lot. All right. And our guest today is Matthew Friedman, editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs. That's part of the Action Network, and he produces Rotoviz podcasts and Fantasyland Pod. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And by the way, Matt is found on Twitter at Matt F the Oracle. And uh, Matt, I was just talking to you before the show. I think this is the easiest slate of the year. I'm so excited about my cash game lineups. I'm looking forward to getting into it. Here's what we're going to do. Same thing as always. We're going to go cash games and we're going to circle back around after going one position at a time. We're going to hit up GPP. Then at the end, we're going to give our lock of the week, our GPP favorite play of the week, our GPP stack of the week and our cash game stack of the week. Um, so let's get into it. But first of all, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show, Pristine Auction. If you guys haven't seen Pristine Auction, guys, this is an awesome site. I check it almost every single day. I was talking last show about how I missed out on a great deal because of it. So there are all these great deals that you can find on Pristine Auction every day where they auction off hundreds of items. Just yesterday, I saw some good deals. A Warren Moon signed Oilers jersey went for just 85 bucks. A Corey Davis signed Titans jersey, which is a beautiful one, by the way, went for $67. You can find deals like this every single day. Everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Again, that's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. We're also done with the giveaway for the signed Dalvin Cook Vikings helmet, and the winner was Philip T. Now, he's already been notified, but I also wanted to say we've got a new contest going on. This is a David Johnson signed Cardinals helmet. You can check that out at fantasypros.com slash contest to enter. All right, guys, we'll just get right into it, and we'll start with the quarterback position. We're talking FanDuel and DraftKings for cash. Matt, do you have a favorite play this week? Yeah, I think uh, Jameis Winston at home going against New Orleans, uh, which is, you know, this season been pretty exploitable through the air. Uh, I think that's a really interesting situation. Of course, there is a chance of precipitation. Uh, so if there is rain in that game, uh, I would maybe pivot towards either, I think, Aaron Rodgers at home or maybe Lamar Jackson, uh, who has, you know, I wouldn't say it's a tough matchup against Kansas City because uh, their defense is pretty weak. But, um, you know, that could be a game in which uh, the Ravens fall behind. But I, I think even if that happens, he's still going to be running a lot anyway. That's just kind of what he does. So uh, those are those are the guys who are catching my eye more for cash games. You know, I think there's this misnomer in text. You can speak on it, too, that, you know, because a team is down, they won't run the ball anymore. And that's true for running backs. But for these quarterbacks, I think it makes them run the ball more. I like this matchup a lot for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the, the, the matchup is great. I mean, he's an extension of the run game in Kansas City. He struggled against the run all season long. They have a great pass rush. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that Lamar Jackson's a solid play. Uh, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention my favorite one. My favorite play of the week is uh, Deshaun Watson. I, like on DraftKings, you're you're going to spend 200 more than Lamar Jackson, and you have someone that could actually throw the ball. And he could put up numbers in the ground as well. I mean, this Colts team, I've talked about it on the last episode, where it's like the quarterbacks that they've played – since the last time they, they matched up with Watson is kind of a joke. Uh, and if you, and if you missed that episode, I'm going to run through it because Deshaun Watson against them posted 375 passing yards. He had three total touchdowns. He ran for 41 yards. But since that time, they've played Sam Darnold, Derek Anderson, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Tannehill, and Cody Kessler. So you, when you look at that slate of games, you're like, okay, well, obviously their overall numbers are going to look better than they actually are. They don't have a shutdown corner for DeAndre Hopkins. So I just, I just love the the pace of play in this game too. I feel like luck can throw some points on the on the Texans, so I think that's going to be a high scoring affair. And if you wanted to say Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson at fifty nine hundred, I'm on board with both of those guys. I mean, Luck is a great price on DraftKings at fifty nine hundred, even against Houston. I wouldn't play him in cash games though, just because there's better options. And I agree with Matt. My favorite is Jameis Winston this week. Third time in a row, I'll be recommending him for cash games. Third time in a row, I'll be proud to do so because he put up 23 points in each of the other two. With that said, I agree. If it's slated to rain in this game, I'm flipping off him so quickly. We've seen him in bad weather every single time. It is a disaster. I'm not playing that game. Are you guys worried about like the Saints defense playing a lot better as of late? I mean, you know, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, these are two quarterbacks that like literally had duds against them recently. Uh, three of the last four games, they've allowed one or fewer touchdowns uh, through the air. 
I just worry that New Orleans is going to like pound the ball on the ground. They're going to control the clock, and you're going to see the Bucks. Maybe they might get off sixty plays in this game. Maybe, and like that's my concern there. I mean, I do like Jameis because they don't have a run game, and the, the points like New Orleans is going to put up points on the board regardless. But I just worry about like the time of possession battle. I'm not targeting Jameis Winston because of the Saints defense. I'm targeting Jameis Winston because this is going to be a shootout, and because Jameis Winston's a great play every week, unless they play one of these. You know, great defenses like Chicago, Baltimore, Jacksonville. I won't be playing Jameis Winston next week. But this week against a mediocre defense, let's say the Saints aren't horrible anymore and they're mediocre. I think that they probably are definitely playing Jameis Winston. Matt, what's your take on like Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck? Like, do you like that game? Yeah, that game's interesting. Like, we're projecting uh, both of those guys to be uh, relatively popular, especially, I think, more on uh, more on FanDuel. Uh, the thing that kind of gets me a little bit with Watson, and he had more attempts last week. He had 31 last week, but before that he was uh, pretty concretely under like 25 attempts or like just right around there. And so I don't know. I just, I kind of don't like going with quarterbacks uh, that I don't think have a chance of hitting 300 yards uh, or, you know, like, I don't know. So even on FanDuel, like 300 yards, isn't like a thing. It doesn't really matter as much, but I still don't like going with quarterbacks that I feel pretty confident aren't going to be throwing the ball a lot, uh, unless they're really priced down. And I, I know like Jackson and Watson are comparable in salary, but I just, I think it's a little bit different with Jackson. Cause I think we can project him for so many more rushing yards. And forget 300 yards. The last time that Deshaun Watson had more than 240 was week five. That's really concerning. In that time, he's had games of five fantasy points, 11, nine. Even last week with 16, that's not going to cut it. He went up against a Browns defense that hasn't been especially good over the past eight weeks. I know Indianapolis has really struggled lately, and I like Deshaun Watson for his price, but I can't do it with guys like Jameis Winston, Drew Brees going up against Tampa on the board. I'll pay up for Drew Brees all day because of what we have available at running back. Yeah, Brees, it's just one of those games. I'd stay away from Brees in cash. In tournaments, I like, obviously, you never want to fade Brees in the tournament, but the reason I fade him in cash is just because that team has so many avenues to score points uh, where it wouldn't shock me if Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara combined for 50 points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, like PPR points, that, that wouldn't shock me at all, and that means that Drew Brees is probably going to be left with like 250 yards and maybe a touchdown, and that would obviously, you know, that would kill you when you're going to pay up for Brees. So last four weeks, he's averaging 26 pass attempts. Last two weeks, he's averaging 145 yards. It's scary. Yeah, they need to get the run game back on track. Yeah, with Brees, it, for me, it's the same thing as it is with uh, with Watson. Like, I I don't want a guy who's not going to be throwing many passes. And so even if he's efficient uh, in scoring touchdowns with his passes, it, it still gives me a lot of pause. I've got two other plays that I'm fond of, and uh, I at least consider. I mean, I'm definitely going with Jameis Winston unless something changes. But Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if we're going to get him cheaper. He's sitting at $6,000 on DraftKings this week going up against an Atlanta defense who's been shredded. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back. And then the other play is Phillip Rivers. He's always a solid cash game play, right? He's expensive, though. Like, he's 6,500 in a game that shouldn't be very competitive. Like, I think, what are they, 14-point favorites in that game? And that's my hesitation, absolutely. What, what about Big Ben against Oakland, though, Tags? I mean, he's on the road, and that's always, like, worrisome. And, like, he's just too expensive for me this week. Like, I like Roethlisberger in tournaments, and I think people will fade him because of the road narrative. And I think that there's something to the road narrative, uh, which is why I, I'm not... I'm not thinking about him in cash, but I don't know if they have the running backs to to carry the team through the game. Like uh, Jalen Samuels, Evan Silva tweeted out a stat earlier that Samuels has never topped 12 carries in a game in college. Uh, you have Stephen Ridley who doesn't catch passes out of the backfield, so it's kind of like a mix and match. They have to puzzle it together, and um, the pass rush for Oakland is just not there. So uh, they they're the league low in terms of sack percentage, so they're not going to get pressure on Roethlisberger, who has a stout like a great offensive line in front of him. So I just think that Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster can run wild on that second. Secondary. I do like him in tournaments. It's just you do have to take into consideration the fact that he's right behind Mahomes as the most expensive quarterback and that he is on the road. Tags, you could put a standard fullback in, in Pittsburgh's backfield and he would <laughs> run for 80 yards a game. I'm not joking either. Like everyone listening probably thinks I'm making a joke. No, it is such a great system and running backs, sure, they matter. Look at Saquon Barkley. There is no way anyone, including Philip Lindsay, would do anything close to what Saquon Barkley is doing behind that horrid Giants offensive line this year. Running backs do matter to an extent, but when you've got a system like Pittsburgh, it doesn't matter one bit. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could use this to transition to the running backs. I mean, Matt, is Jalen Samuels a must play? Yeah, I, I'm kind of going back and forth on it. Um, I think on DraftKings, because of the passing volume, he's much more enticing. 
and also, uh, I believe like relatively like he's cheaper on DraftKings. So uh, I think there he's much more of a must play. Um, but I, I could imagine roster constructions where you don't use him. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I think I would probably lean towards him in cash. And then, I mean, there's also like Jeffrey Wilson, uh, in his matchup against Denver, I don't know. It's a, he doesn't have a great matchup and like, I like him more on DraftKings. Yeah. He's like a fifth string running back. It's like, <laughs> I just don't know, like, if I want to go that way. Um, you know, in a game where like, I don't think he's on a good offense anyway. And they're playing a third string quarterback and like they're dogs. But like, I think he also has the, the capability of being used, uh, pretty heavily in the passing game. So I think that also gives him something of a floor. So like those two guys are so cheap. And I think combined, like they give a decent enough floor that it might just be worth putting both of them in cash and then just going ham on all of the other positions. And and that's exactly what I'm doing here. And not those same running backs, but listen to this. I mean, here's my cash game lineup right now. I've got Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Rob Gronkowski, Keenan Allen. And I don't have to like feel bad about the running backs, quarterbacks, defense I have because the cheap plays are so good. You can do that this week and you don't have to worry about, you know, getting lucky with a touchdown for your cheap wide receiver. You can go with the targets where the targets are. Yeah, there's definitely some good cheap plays this week. And like the thing is, I want to bring up about Samuels. The reason I wanted to bring him up is obviously people are going to be debating him. And uh it's kind of like Josh Adams the other week, right? Like when I talked about Josh Adams in the podcast saying that I thought he was worth a play in cash and saying that, you know, even I think that that week he was like 3,900. I was like, even if he busts, you know, you spent 3,900 of your salary on him. Even if he scores, you know, seven points, it's not going to crush your cash game lineup unless you miss another position. So I, at 3,700, I think it's more than fair. Um, but I do want to say that JJ, Zacharyson was saying like he's obviously a guy that follows the Pittsburgh Steelers really closely and um, I always like listening to people that follow their team closely because I can give an honest review on the Bears and JJ's that guy so he said that he believes that Stephen Ridley is going to get more carries than people are expecting but that there should be enough carries to go around for Samuels to be a decent play but saying that he's like a lock to produce you know 20 fantasy points would be wrong and here's the thing to consider too about the Oakland matchup so seven of the last 10 uh, quarterbacks that have played against Oakland have thrown the ball less than 28 times. So if you're looking at, at lower volume for the passing offense, that's why you've seen uh, in four of the last five games, they haven't even allowed 20 yards receiving to the running backs in Oakland. So it's, it's kind of just like, does that volume trickle down into the running backs if there's not getting pressure on Ben Roethlisberger does he need to check it down to Jalen Samuels and those are some things that are factored in where maybe Samuels doesn't have the upside that we're hoping but I think in cash he's safe enough because his his price is just too low to avoid tags I'm not looking for 20 fantasy points out of Samuels I need 10 just give me 10 he had he had nine fantasy points last week against the Chargers on five touches back in week 10 nine fantasy points on eight touches He's going to get more than eight and nine touches. He's going to get in the end zone against the Raiders. I think he's going to put up 15, maybe 20 fantasy points. But all I need is 10, man. I got to start him. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, Matt, if you're paying up, which which uh, running back are you going to go at uh, the top? Kamara, I think, is is really interesting. And then Christian McCaffrey. Uh, those are the, the two guys that I'm kind of – Those are the guys, yeah. Debating between on, on the more expensive guys. And then, like – you know, Zeke is interesting. Saquon is interesting, but really for me, it's, it's Kamara or McCaffrey. I mean, they're both in great matchups and Barkley's going up against Washington and you've got Zeke going up against the Eagles. And while you can do well against those teams, I don't think that you want to target them, especially when you've got guys on the board like McCaffrey against the Browns, which is just, uh, even with his price, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really tough to avoid McCaffrey. He's so expensive. They got him up to 9300 on DK and um you never want to forget about the fact that Cam Newton can run the ball in, but with his aching shoulder, I mean they they might play it easy here and McCaffrey's been like red hot, so I don't know why they would take it away from him, but you're paying up um to get him. Camara I think is the play I'm going to go to just because you get him for 1200 cheaper and I think the upside is just as as high. The upside's amazing, but like you trust him in cash games. He's had a few bad weeks. He has, but I, but this is going back to the Saints as a team. I just think that like that literally they just forgot what they do best. I think they tried getting a little cute with Drew Brees and like going back to the passing game and getting guys like Keith Kirkwood involved and Traquan Smith. I know they had a good game against the Eagles when they did that, but it, like against Dallas last week, it was a reminder. We need to get the run game back. Like in, in Tampa Bay, their front seven has been just 
decimated by injuries. Their safety play has been weak. So I just feel like there's no game script that Alvin Kamara's out. Sean Payton did come out this week and said they're they're expecting bad field conditions in Tampa Bay, as Matt mentioned earlier in the show. It's a Mark Ingram day. Well, it could, I think it's going to be both of them. I mean, because if you go and you look at Tampa Bay, like what they've allowed to running backs, there's been one, two, three, four, five, six different times that they've allowed a t- like teams of running backs to score 30 or more PPR points against them, including one 40-point game. So I just feel like this is a game like Alvin Kamara in week one against them like went off. There's just no way that he's taken out of the game. He's game script proof, whereas someone like Mark Ingram isn't really that guy. I don't know, man. I We thought the same thing in week 12 against Atlanta, and he put up a dud, 10 points, one reception, nine receiving yards. I mean, this is after he broke the record in week three against the same team. I don't know what the Saints are doing week to week. I don't want to bet on, I think, when you've got plays like Samuels, McCaffrey, who's a stud. And if I'm going up from, you know, I'm, I'm not playing any of these expensive guys. If I was, I would go with McCaffrey. If I was picking another I wouldn't go with Kamara. I wouldn't go with Zeke, Barkley. I'd go with Adrian Peterson against the Giants. He's $4,800 against the Giants. He doesn't catch passes, though. That's the downside. Like, if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're screwed. That's essentially, that's, that's the only thing. And I, I don't, I don't mind AP. He's got a high floor. Last time they played 26 carries, 149 yards, two touchdowns. You don't love him against the Giants? I do like him. They're the worst run defense in the NFL now that Harrison's gone. Well, yeah, and Landon Collins is just placed on IR, so it's, it's, <sighs> Matt, what do you think about AP? Like, I don't, I don't think I could use him in DraftKings though, just because he doesn't catch passes. I don't want, uh, Adrian Peterson at all. And, um, it's, <laughs> like, like, I could, I could see him having a big game, right? Like, you can, you can see how it happens. Um, the Giants are favored, but they're, they're not big favorites. And as you guys mentioned, uh, they don't have a good defensive line at this point. But Adrian Peterson, as Tags mentioned, he doesn't catch passes, and uh, I don't want him in a game uh, that could easily go against them. Like if, like the Giants could conceivably get up by ten points, uh, and if that happens, like I don't, I don't see it being a good situation for Adrian Peterson. It basically becomes a Chris Thompson game at that point. So I just kind of want to stay away. The two other plays that I considered here, well, before I give my other starter, Aaron Jones against Atlanta. Aaron Jones really any week. I, I mean, now that McCarthy's gone, he's actually going to play enough. Uh, in Atlanta, we know that they get shredded by everybody. So I think he's a decent play. And then maybe Ty Montgomery or Jalen Richard on DraftKings. Tags, what do you think about these three? I think you're getting too cute with those. Um, like Jalen Richard, I would have liked more if Doug Martin, he wasn't playing. And if he wasn't playing, then obviously they brought in CJ Anderson. So they didn't feel comfortable with Jalen Richard. I don't know. His targets have been going down the last couple of weeks. So I don't necessarily want to play him. Uh, as for Ty Montgomery, it makes sense. And like, I understand where you're going with that, but I just, I don't know if I want to rely on like the, he's, I don't want to say he's the third string running back because he's like the third down back, but. In a game that could be, it could be very close between those teams throughout. Like, I think the team, that game should be relatively close. I, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel great about starting him. You know Gus Edwards is not getting a single target. So if they're going to throw the ball to the running back, which everyone does against the Chiefs, everyone. it's going to be Ty Montgomery. Yeah, that's the thing. But I don't, not in cash. No way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not using him in cash. I'm using Jalen Samuels and I'm using Justin Jackson. Then I'm going up and I'm getting all four of those stud wide receivers. Matt, what do you think about Justin Jackson against Cincinnati? $3,800. Yeah, I think it's all right. We just, we're still, it's like still very unknown how that backfield is going to end up splitting. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't want any of him in cash. Like, I think he's a little too risky for cash. Yeah. So many people like came at me when I released my rankings yesterday and I had Eckler as like a top, 18 play and then I had Jackson like in the 20 right around 25 and people are like wait Jackson's got the job like what do you have it ranked like that for I'm like uh, I don't know if that's true no you don't know that and that's the thing like I'm not saying that Eckler is the better back I'm just saying that I, I have more faith in his role I know he's involved in the passing game whereas Jackson's going to receive carries I, I think it's very like possible that they split carries like they have an exact split where each of them have like 12 to 14 carries and Eckler gets all the receiving work so that cons- that concerns me so at 3800 I mean you obviously have Samuels there at 3700 and I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for a running back like that, that we know is a guaranteed role, I mean, it, <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but LeGarrette Blunt, 3,900 at, at Arizona. Now he, no, he doesn't catch passes. He's, but the thing is they're going into Arizona. That's a team that's really struggles against the run. They've allowed 15 rushing touchdowns in the year. Carry on Johnson's not going to play. I think running backs average 26, 27 carries a game against Arizona. So, I mean, 
I'm not playing either of them, but I just wanted to throw it out there to say that LeGarrette Blunt, I think, would be a more sure version of Justin Jackson, to be honest with you. I think that Justin Jackson is 10 times better than LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> better football player, yes. Better football player, yes. But guaranteed workload, no. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I also like the matchup better for Justin Jackson. I don't know. They're also implied for 31 points in this game. I can't avoid Jackson at that price, guys. Oh, that's fair. With that said, you know what? If I was to take my top 10 cheap running back plays of the season, I think four, five, maybe even six of them would be from this week. There are so many good options. Matt, what do you think? Like in terms of like, are you going to go cheap at both running back spots? Or are you going to pay up for one? Like I, I'd feel dirty if I didn't have one of the top guys. Like I, I feel, I feel good about the, vo- like the value that you're getting at running back, but there's a such thing as too much value. Like you need the superstars, the guys that could put up 150 yards and two touchdowns. It's so much easier to get safety for cheap at running back and you can never get safety at wide receiver unless you go get those four guys I mentioned. So I, I want the safety, man. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Yeah. I've kind of experimented with both types of constructions. I'm fine going cheap. Just kind of like um, philosophically, I'm fine going cheap at, at running back wherever there's value. And most of the time, there isn't the value to do it twice in a slate. But I think there is here. So I'm probably leaning that direction. I think that we all agree Christian McCaffrey's probably the best play. If not, he's definitely in all of our top three, okay? So in order to hit value, he needs 23 fantasy points. And that doesn't seem so bad. He's been playing well lately. How many times has he done that this year? Four out of 12? That's not safe. No, and you can't forget, before this recent hot streak, he was like, you know, 10 to 14 PPR points a game. So that's why it always concerns me about him. But knowing that Newton's banged up makes me feel a little bit better. Knowing that Greg Olson's out for the year, that clears up some targets uh, over the middle of the field. So, I mean, I don't don't think he's going to kill you. Like, that's the thing is, like, he may not live up to that price, but I don't think he's going to kill you. So, like, what are the odds Justin Jackson hits 10 fantasy points? That's what I need. I mean, I'd put, if I had to get, like, if I had to put odds on it, I'd say 60, 65%. 65%? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I think that's better than McCaffrey has, so. I'd like to know what Sean Corner would put the odds on this one. (laughs) I'd like to know everything (laughs) Sean Corner thinks. (laughs) What would you, Matt, what would you set the over-under at? If you were setting an over-under for Justin Jackson's PPR points, what would you set it at? That's a good question. Uh, PPR in... Are we assuming that there is the possibility for the uh, the bonus? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right around 10. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it, it, obviously, if he scores a touchdown, he's going to break that, but um, that's fair. I'd probably say over. I would probably say over because that's why I'm saying I think it's like a 60-65%, so, but it's, it's a good number. For what it's worth, our consensus projections have him at 12.4. That's drawn from a lot of sources. We've got Gus Edwards, who's also a decent play at 13.6. Um, that's hitting value. I mean, our model has Justin Jackson as far and away the best value, uh, $305 per point. Um, the closest guy, Edwards, is at 330 I mean, the difference between Jackson and Edwards is the same difference between Edwards, number two, and then all the way down at Frank Gore. So, I, I mean, I think Jackson is, uh, he's a lock for me. He's probably going to be my lock of the week, even over Samuels. Wow. All right. Good deal. All right, let's move on over to wide receiver, unless, Matt, you had any of the running backs you want to talk about? No, we're good. Before we move on over to wide receivers, I want to talk a little about one of the sponsors of today's show. It's FanDuel.com. Their app is awesome, too. And I want to tell you all, they've got all kinds of different game styles. You don't have to just play the full roster where you've got the flex and no kick or anything. You can completely change it up. They've got an option called Superflex where you get rid of DST and you use a Superflex instead of that. So you can use two quarterbacks. There's a lot more strategy here. I feel like it's the best skill game where you don't have as much luck with DST just throwing everything off. So I've actually been playing my cash games on Superflex. It's a lot of fun. And if you check out FanDuel, there are contests for everyone. If you want to spend $0.25, go for it. If you want to spend $100, go for it. You've got a chance at some big prizes. And again, they've got that Sunday Million Contest. It's a $9.99 entry. You can win $300,000. All right, uh, wide receiver, who do you like? Godwin, really easily for me. Assuming, of course, that Deshaun Jackson doesn't play. I, I don't know if I would say like they mispriced him again, but I think as long as Deshaun Jackson is out and Godwin is under, I don't know, like 6000 uh, he's someone who is really intriguing to me. So uh, especially going against New Orleans, um, and I know they've been better recently, but I still don't have a lot of respect for their uh, their pass defense. No, Eli Apple's not not good. 
Yeah. So like we're we're expecting within our models for Godwin probably to be the highest owned wide receiver on the slate. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you that uh that Godwin is the top play in terms of value. Now if I wasn't going cheap, I would definitely have him in my lineup. I don't have him in my lineup for what it's worth, but uh I, I agree. I think he's the best play. Yeah, Godwin's awesome. Like he's definitely one of my cash game plays and like I, I would struggle between him and Humphreys, but I, I, I sided with Godwin here because like they're, they're, they're both the exact same price. And I think Humphreys might have a higher floor matching up with PJ Williams in the slot, but Godwin has the higher ceiling. And like, it's not like Humphreys floor is like significantly higher either. So I'll take the upside with Godwin there. I think honestly, you might be able to play both of them and be okay with it at 4,900. It's like you're combining them two into one for 9,800. It's like paying for an elite receiver and guaranteeing production between those two. And, uh, I think that, I think that is the case because they don't, they're not going to be able to run the ball in New Orleans. And Mike Evans is going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. And even though Evans did well against Lattimore in their week one matchup, Evans hasn't looked as good. Like I, I he's just a, an inconsistent receiver in terms of what he brings every single game. Like there's games where I watch him and I'm like, this guy's like a gazelle out there. Like he just, he moves in a way that like you're just like, wow, like this, this is why this guy's, he's a crazy athlete. This is why he posts elite numbers from time to time. And there's times out there where he just looks a little less interested. And I, I understand like people have up and down days, but I like Godwin too. But if we like, so Matt, let's pretend that, you know, it does rain and that, that there's like bad weather uh, in Tampa Bay, who would we pivot to? Who would you go to off Godwin? Oh man, that's the Cortland Sutton like question. Yeah, I was gonna say Sutton might be the guy, but Sutton does give me some pause just because I don't like his quarterback situation and like some of the time he would be matched up against Richard Sherman, but uh, there still is it, it's a good matchup for him. So yeah, I would probably have to pivot to Sutton. What about you, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, you know the four guys I'm playing. I already said them, and on Fanduel it makes a lot more sense. I want to differentiate between these two. Our model has, you know, the top plays in cost per point as Thomas, Brown, Allen, Hopkins, Adams, Beckham, Juju, Julio Jones. I mean, those are the top eight or nine right there on FanDuel. On DraftKings, listen to it. It's, it's a big difference here. Humphreys, Fitzgerald, Thomas Allen, Hilton, Hopkins, Brown, Jones, Sutton, Godwin, Adams, Samuel. I mean, the difference on these two sites is that Minimum salary on FanDuel is 4500 but it's only guys who never play. On DraftKings, you've got guys, Adam Humphreys is $4,900. Fitzgerald is $4,900. So you really have to understand the difference between the two sites when you're building your lineup. Also, you have a lot more money to spend on DraftKings because of the prices of the players. I mean, you've got tight ends who are 3900 Wide receivers, like I mentioned, 4900 Quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers is $6,000. On FanDuel, he's 8000 So uh, it's it's really interesting how the two sites are so different. Matt, how does this change your roster construction? Sorry, I'm going to ignore the question that, that you asked. Um, but I, I, what I want to mention was I, I was thinking about this more while you were talking. And so Tags asked, who would I pivot to uh, if I'm getting away from Godwin? And I, I said Sutton. Um, but I think actually I might pivot from Godwin to Humphreys. I think I might stay in the same game and just go with the guy who's going to be getting the targets closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, because I, I think he, in like in a weird way, he might have even more target share if it is raining, um, just because there might be more likelihood to throw shorter passes. But to uh, to, to, to Bobby's point about uh, the difference in, in pricing, yeah, I think it's it's a entirely different uh, roster construction across sites on DraftKings, I think it's easier to go with the two cheap running backs. And so that obviously changes what you can do at wide receiver because you don't really have as much of the opportunity to do that on FanDuel. Um, I think you probably have to look a little more for the mid range on, on FanDuel, but um, I mean, it's still, it's still early enough in the week where like we're all playing around with roster construction. Yeah. And the reason, so I just want to touch on the reason, like we, I think Godwin and Humphreys, like, and I actually like the pivot to Humphreys because they're going to throw the ball. Like New, New Orleans, I've mentioned on the show before that against running backs, they have allowed the fewest rushing yards in the NFL and it's not close. They've allowed 148 fewer yards than the Ravens who are the second team. It's only 632 yards in the year on the ground. So we know that Tampa's not going to move the ball on the ground against the Saints. That's that's kind of like a given, right? And then we have Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait is uh, the matchup against the Saints is horrid. They have not allowed a tight end more than 54 yards this year. Like like so those two positions are almost obsolete. We know that the the Tampa Bay Bucks don't use um the running backs in the passing game. So if you're you're anticipating Jameis Winston to throw for 300 yards, you can almost spread 250 of them out between Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Adam Humphreys. 
So like that's that's I think that would be considered minimum. So again, that's why I just want to hammer that point home why we all like the uh, Bucks receivers. Yeah. There's a couple other mid-range plays that I'm pretty fond of. Um DJ Moore has a decent matchup as well. Um we mentioned Adam Humphreys, Cortland Sutton, Chris Godwin. What about Jarvis Landry who looked good finally last week? Not after one week, I can't can't do it. I don't want to either, but I mean he gets all the targets. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean I think I'd rather play Tyler Boyd to pay like three hundred and get Tyler Boyd in a tougher matchup, but I, I don't I don't think I like like any of those guys that much. Like I I just feel like Humphreys and Godwin are better plays at that price. Like if you want to go up, I think T. Y. Hilton sixty three hundred is like a not bad. Seemed like he'd be a no brainer. Matt, what about uh, some really cheap plays? Curtis Samuel, Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams is interesting. Uh, Curtis Samuel is definitely, uh, so, I mean, I don't want these guys in cash. I'll just kind of blanket statement. Don't want any of these guys in cash. Deshaun Hamilton is someone who is intriguing. And like, if you were really looking to punt at wide receiver for some reason, uh, I think he's probably the guy that you would go with just because like, I think he is likely to get a lot of, well, a lot might even be overstating, but I think he's likely to get a chunk of the work that uh, formerly has gone to Emmanuel Sanders. Like, I think he's going to be like the locked in slot guy there. And like, that's worth something, especially going against San Francisco. You know, he's really polished, too. He's one of these guys that doesn't have a lot of potential. Like, I know I'm going to get nerdy here. Imagine if you're playing franchise mode on Madden. You get a rookie that comes in. His potential is like 74. But I think Hamilton's overall rating already is like a 72, 73. That's a decent player. And if he's going to get a bunch of targets, I think that he'll be fine at his value. Uh, I, I Again, this is going back to his quarterback, and I don't trust him. I don't trust him at all. <laughs> like, I, I want to stay away from that, but like... Who do you trust, man? You're just pooping on everyone's parade right now. Well, that's the thing is like, I, I like Godwin. I like Humphreys. I think Fitzgerald's a good play at 4,900. Cortland Sutton's not terrible, but again, Matt mentioned his quarterback situation is terrible. You know, we've talked about Zay Jones at 4,200. That's not a bad play. I mean, I don't. <laughs> you trust Josh Allen? I, I don't trust Josh Allen. No, uh, the, the Bills do apparently though. Um, but I mean, this is, this is more about the Jets than it is about like Zay Jones or Josh Allen. But I, I'm not, I'm not playing him in cash. I'm just saying if you really, really want a cheap receiver, like I would play him over Deshaun Hamilton. Um, but I'm paying up for DeAndre Hopkins this week. I mean, it sounds like you need to join the cheap running back crew and just spend up on all wide receivers, man. I could do both because if I'm getting Deshaun Watson at 5,900, I can get a defense for like 2,200. Yeah. Again, that's the difference between DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah. I couldn't do that on FanDuel. Yeah. But DeAndre Hopkins is the play. You, you like Hopkins over Thomas, Brown, Allen, Adams, Beckham. I do. I think he's just as safe and I think he offers just as much upside and he's a lot cheaper. Hasn't been that great lately. He was, he had a good matchup against Tennessee, good matchup against Cleveland. I would disagree that he's been great. And he just has, so the, the targets were down because those pass attempts were down, but against the Colts. That's what I'm saying though. I'm saying fantasy performances. He's got since week six, five receptions, three, six, ten, five, five, seven. But numbers don't matter. Like literally numbers, like in, in terms of like looking at the numbers, yes, they matter in a grand scope of things, like looking at them over season long, but a matchup matters more. Like in terms of like, what has he done with the targets he's gotten and what can we project him for? He's the man, sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the Colts don't have a shutdown corner. They have nobody to cover him, and last time it showed. Like, he caught 12, uh, 10 of 12 passes for 169 yards and a touchdown. This defense didn't suddenly, like, all of a sudden the cornerbacks didn't get good overnight. I, they're not going to be able to run the ball as well as they have been against Indianapolis. No running back in the... Like this entire season, no running back has ran for more than 95 yards against the Colts. So Lamar, J- Lamar Miller is going to be slowed a little bit. Um, the tight ends are non-existent and, uh, Demarius Thomas is just a guy. So I, I would like to lock in DeAndre Hopkins for 10 plus targets in this game. And I am like guaranteeing that he will end up with a hundred yards and a touchdown. Makes me nervous, man. Two times in the past seven weeks, he's had double digit targets. Um, I mean, there's a reason that he's the one that I left out of those top five. Matt, who's your favorite of the most expensive? Well, I want to ask you a question of tags. So how many um, pass attempts do you think Deshaun Watson is likely to have against the Colts? Because for me, like that will impact a lot of, of my projection well, that, that, on, and that, on Hopkins. Well, that's the thing. So I actually think it's a lot higher than people think because, again, I've talked about the, the quarterbacks that the Colts have faced. How about the, the Texans, okay? When you look at the Texans, like the reason that Deshaun Watson hasn't had to throw a lot of attempts is because they played bums. Uh, they played, so Baker Mayfield last week, obviously we saw the attempts come up for Deshaun Watson. I think he threw 33, but before that, Marcus Mariota, uh, Colt McCoy and Alex Smith, Case Keenum, Brock Osweiler, Cody Kessler, Josh Allen, 
like it's a joke. Like that 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 team is on a, a I think a nine win streak right now. They haven't played anybody. Like they they literally haven't. Like they beat Tennessee and that was a divisional win. That was a big game for them. But the Colts are coming to town. They're coming off a big loss against Jacksonville. The Colts are going to go to the air. Like so, basically, this is one of those games where Andrew Luck's going to throw the ball forty five plus times, and that's why I like Luck too. Um, so when you have Luck doing that, he's going to score points because if if they can't generate a pass rush on Luck, who all of a sudden has a great offensive line, it wasn't even great the last time these two teams played. But Luck put up like massive numbers. Do they have the best pass protection in the league? I think they might. Well, over like the last like eight weeks, yeah. Like I think he's been sacked like three times. Um, it's ridiculous. So like if the, if Houston can't get like get to him. He will expose that secondary because they don't have studs on defense either. That's why I think this game is played in a dome. You don't have to worry about any weather factors. I just feel like this could be a high-scoring affair. I definitely agree on the upside. I can't do it in cash, man. <laughs> yeah, for for cash, pretty sure I would rather have Keenan Allen uh, just a, a little bit cheaper. Uh, I feel a little more confident in his target share. And then I think his his matchup against Cincinnati is just as good. He had 37 fantasy points last week with one touchdown. I could understand that play. Like that's that's a good call. Like I I might actually have both of those guys in my lineup. Yeah. Like pay up for DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen, go down to Chris Godwin or Adam Humphreys, and I probably still can get a decent running back in there. If you guys have to decide between these three, Devontae Adams against Atlanta, Antonio Brown against Oakland, Michael Thomas against Tampa, so you can get Keenan Allen. You can also get DeAndre Hopkins, and you get a third one tags. Which one are you picking? Adams. Adams against Atlanta. Matt, who are you going with? Yeah, uh, I agree with Adams. And uh, we don't want to hear anything I have to say about Antonio Brown this week. It's just that's not going to be fruitful. But uh, no, I. Well, I need to hear it. If I'm, if I'm playing him and you have something negative to say, please <laughs> tell me. No, no. I, I, think, I think everyone's heard uh, anything negative I have to say about Antonio Brown for the rest of the season. But um, no, it's just, it's, it's a weird situation in that Oakland is 32nd in uh, past DVOA uh, on defense, but bizarrely number one against number one wide receivers and I think there's like some noise built into that uh, and maybe it's just kind of the way they like they game plan like they really look to take away number one receivers and that just opens them up to the middle of the field you know where they've really been exploited uh, is by slot uh, slot receivers and tight ends so I don't know like Antonio Brown on the road Ben Roethlisberger over the last 15 years has been the worst quarterback in the league as a double digit favorite. Like it's just this type of situation where like I would rather avoid not spending all the way up for a guy in a situation where he historically hasn't been his best, especially in cash. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got to pick a fight really quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone. I'm sorry to Matt, but I, I can't help myself. I, I also need to know if I need to bench Antonio Brown because maybe there's something I'm missing, but the last time Antonio Brown had fewer than 15 PPR points in a game was week nine of last year. Yeah, I mean, if I had him in season long, I definitely would not be benching him. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, like, 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 I think he's, I think he's probably like, I don't know, anywhere from like the eighth to the twelfth, like in terms of like skill, like the eighth to the twelfth best receiver in the league. Oh no! Like, I think Juju is better. I'm with you, Matt. Oh, stop it! I'm with you. Tags is gonna hate us. Stop it. I mean, sure, that's fine. Like, I think he's he's getting by a lot on volume, especially targets to the end zone. In the connection to Big Ben, I mean, yeah, his yards per attempt is is horrible. It's one of the worst in the league. This is the least efficient season of his career. Like that that doesn't matter so much for fantasy, especially for a guy who's getting volume. But like it's it's a chink in the armor of like what potentially could happen down the road. So I don't know. It, even if you say he's the fifth best receiver in the league, I just don't want to pay up for a guy on the road. Uh, where his team is a big favorite and they might not need to get him the ball. I just don't want to, I just, I, I would rather avoid that situation entirely. I'm taking Julio Jones number one for talent. I'm taking Beckham number two. You better not throw Hopkins in here because you said he wasn't top five like a month ago. I changed my mind because uh -huh. he's amazing. Okay. I'm sorry. You sometimes you have to admit you're wrong. DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins number three, AJ Green number four. Uh, after that, I don't know, maybe Michael Thomas. Devontae Adams. Uh, Tyree Kill belongs in there, obviously. 
Yeah, I don't have Antonio Brown in my top five, and I have Juju ahead of Antonio Brown. You guys are nuts. You guys are nuts. I, I've been saying for a long time, like so many people say that he's better than Julio. He's not. Julio's the best receiver in the game, but uh, I still say that Antonio Brown is uh, is number two, number three. Beckham is right there with him. I'm not saying most accomplished career. I'm saying the most talented receiver to ever play the game, I think, is Julio Jones. I mean, Randy Moss was pretty good. <laughs> oh, man, he was good, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go tight end here, and uh, I'm definitely paying up. Now, I can't decide whether I'm going Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Gronk. Right now, I've got Gronk because of how cheap he is going up against Miami as well. Who do you guys have? Matt, we'll start with you. Uh, I can't do Gronk. Um, just I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty there. But Ebron is someone who is really catching my eye. And, like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic in his ability to get targets uh, with Jack Doyle out of the lineup. Um, and maybe it would be safer to go up to, to Kelsey. Um, but, uh, I think I'm, I'm fine with Ebron. Uh, so that's probably where I'm going to go. I mean, how many targets he have last week? 16. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad call at all. Tag. Yeah. And he's, he's getting targeted so heavily in the end zone. Um, you know, and like, so even if he's, uh, inefficient and, in, in turning overall targets into catches and yards, he's still turning end zone targets into touchdowns at a pretty high rate. Uh, and they're giving him the ball. I mean, they look to do it explicitly, like when they are near the end zone, they, they are scheming for him. Uh, so I, I really like that situation. Um, with, with Kelsey, I mean, he's obviously like, I think he's the best tight end in the game right now. They're just in a, a situation where maybe they don't need to get him the ball. Like they have so many other weapons that there are lots of, you could see him having, I wouldn't say a dud of a game, but like a game in which he's not like the, the best producer for his team. Plus Baltimore, right? I mean, he has at least 10 PPR points in every single game since week one. So, I mean, Kelsey is safe. I don't really want to play him against Baltimore. Uh, Kittle against Denver looks really juicy tags. Hold on, it, do you, Matt? Where do you have Patrick Mahomes in your season-long rankings this week? Uh, that's a good question. Do you have him top three? Yeah, I believe so. I do too. I, there's no way that you can escape it. You don't want to be the guy that tells everyone to bench Mahomes, right? So with Tyreek Hill matching up with those Baltimore cornerbacks, I mean, it, he can have a game. That's fine, but I don't think he's going to explode or anything like that. You have Spencer Ware, not quite as maybe I mean I think he's fine as a receiver he might be close to Kareem Hunt in that in that territory but like when you start looking at the where is this production going to come from from Mahomes I think you have to go to Kelsey and the thing is is Kelsey there's there's a few teams that have shut down Kelsey in his career the Chargers are one of them like they're a team that they, they play them twice a year they know him really well and then there's the, there's teams like the Broncos where they play twice a year and he dominates them every single time and it's because like they have fundamental problems with their defense defending tight ends and I think that's a problem with the Ravens too I think the Ravens have the same issue it's just so many teams have an issue they don't have a tight end like Travis Kelsey to expose that so they've allowed a 72% completion rate to tight ends they've allowed uh, 8.6 yards per target they're allowing a touchdown every 17 targets to tight ends and they've allowed five tight end touchdowns in the last six weeks on top of that their safety Tony Jefferson he missed last week and I don't know if he like he didn't practice at all so I I would say he's highly questionable for this game so if they're shifting safeties around that stuff matters and uh if you're looking for production out of Patrick Mahomes like you have to find the guy who he's going to throw the most to and I don't think it's Chris Conley Tyreek Hill again I, I like Tyreek but he's not going to explode this week that's not going to happen so I'm going to look at Travis Kelsey and if you want to pay up like pay up for Travis Kelsey but Bobby, I, I want to go back and I want to say that I kind of like your Gronk call just because he's tough to play. I get it. Like he hasn't been consistent. He hasn't received or he hasn't finished with the points that you'd want him to. But I don't th like how many times do we sit here and discuss tight ends at like the $4,000 range and saying, well, I mean, they're in a good spot. We can't guarantee production. They got to score a touchdown though. But right. Yeah. And nobody comes with the upside that Gronk does at that price. Like at 4800 I think there's safer options for sure, but if you can't afford someone like Kelsey or Ebron, I like Ebron too. I don't think anyone is safe except for Kelsey. Uh, Ertz and Ebron, I think are, and I'd say Kittle. I actually think the top four are very safe. Wow. You think all four are safe. Okay. I do. I think all of them are great plays. Like you're not, I mean, I guess you're right. Ertz only had one bad game and it was against the Saints who kill everybody. So. When, he, when the last time he played against Dallas was, uh, what was that, week 10, he had 14 catches for 145 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, man, I'm looking right now. Ertz historically crushes the Cowboys to my chagrin. He's so expensive. I can do it. I'll, I'll figure out a way to get him in there because I wasn't <laughs> settled on Gronk, but you're right. He's just not safe enough for cash games. He's a great tournament play. I love Gronk in tournaments. The best. In Dallas, a lot of people think, well, they've got second best defense, maybe the best defense in the NFC. 
No, they get crushed by tight ends. Yeah, well, I mean, Ertz is the one who contributed a lot to that. That that game will definitely boost you up in the standings. If you're going cheap, I don't think there's really good value on FanDuel to go cheap at tight end. If you're going cheap on DraftKings, though, you've got Njoku, Brait, uh, anyone else that you like, Vance McDonald, anyone else you like, Matt? Don't play Brait. Uh, not really. I think it's a slate where I'm I'm not going to look to to pay cheap. I guess Christopher Herndon is someone who is like minorly interesting in that he's just so cheap at three thousand. But I I don't think that's necessary to to go that cheap. So yeah, yeah, I think he's uh probably a lock to hit seven PPR points this week. Yeah, and Joku is a good. I mean, thirty nine hundred. He's a good play. Yeah, Carolina's bad against tight ends. Va- yeah, Vance McDonald is is really good at thirty eight hundred. Like those are like uh, probably the two worst defenses against tight ends between uh, Carolina and Oakland. But I mean, Njoku has been so up and down. It's hard to trust him in cash. He's more of a tournament. Why won't Baker throw him the ball? Ever since Baker took over, he went from you know ten, twelve targets, and then Baker took over, and his max is six. Well, no, he no he wa- Baker was targeting him like in the first couple games they played together, and then like they just started spreading the ball around a lot, and it, it kind of worked. So it was it was difficult to say that. It, but Njoku was dealing with injuries too. He had like a knee and a back injury before their bye week. Um, he's he's reportedly healthy now, but I, I just think it's it's going to take some time. They have they have a new offense there. They need they need an entire offseason like to learn a new offense. And I think David Njoku is like one of the best by low tight ends in Dynasty. I think he's going to be a stud. Is Baker going to be one of these guys like Andrew Luck where he kills everyone's fantasy value because he throws it to 12 different guys every game? <laughs> well, Andrew Luck has never had like a stud. Well, I, mean, I guess T.Y. Hilton is kind of that, but yeah, T.Y. Hilton's a mediocre wide receiver that Andrew Luck has turned into a stud. Yeah, I don't know if T.Y. Hilton would be the receiver he is without Andrew Luck. Okay, guys, let's go DST, then we'll circle back around and hit up GPP really quick. Um, who do you like at DST Tags? You'll start us on this one. I'm going to go with Washington in cash, I think. Um, like if you've ever watched Eli Manning play football... You understand that basically if someone sneezes on him, he falls down. Like he, he just like, it's like he trips on a shoelace. It looks like, um, where you have guys like Andrew Luck fighting off sacks, Ben Roethlisberger dragging people around by his leg. Uh, but yeah, Eli Manning gets sacked like consistently. And, uh, that Washington defensive line, they're gonna have to get after him, man. They're playing at home. I, I like, I like defenses at home against quarterbacks that are turnover prone, which Manning is, which you should be able to get a, a decent amount of sacks. They might allow some passing yards. That's fine. Uh, but at 2300, that's probably the one I'm, I'm going to go with. I don't like anyone this week. Matt, can you talk me into someone? Washington is is the one I would probably go with. If you have more salary, I think you can probably pay up for the Chargers uh, at home against Cincinnati. Um, I like their spot, okay? But, uh, yeah, I, I mean... I mean, I'm talking FanDuel because I'm looking at DraftKings, right? And, and Washington's $2,300. Of course you play them. Like, they're easily the best play. I think the Jets are all right against Buffalo, too. I wouldn't consider anyone besides those. But on FanDuel, I'm looking at Washington. They're $4,300. I don't want to do that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I, honestly, I uh, I don't know. Just leave it empty. Arizona, maybe? I mean... That's who I've got plugged in right now is Arizona against Detroit. I don't know. I might spin up on Buffalo. We'll see. The Giants against Mark Sanchez. That's intriguing, too. Tags, can you do that in cash? No. No. Not... I mean, they give up at least 20 points every single game this year so far. <sighs> I... I... I don't know. I I can't do it. I I, I can't trust that defense. I I mean I understand the the, the appeal to it, but I I want to play. Ideally, you play a defense that's at home and that's a favorite. I mean, I know Washington's not a favorite. They're like a three and a half point underdog. So then maybe the Chargers against Cincinnati. They're big favorites. I even thought about the Chiefs at twenty three hundred. Lamar Jackson has taken five sacks uh, over the last three games, so it's not like he's untouchable. And Chris Jones like. <laughs> like Chris Jones is like the like that dude. I think he has a sack in eight games in a row. Like he's just he's playing phenomenal. Like their pass rush is good. Their secondary is decent. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a terrible passer of the football. So I mean that's where the turnovers come from. And if if the Chiefs put some points on the board, they're going to force him to throw. So I mean the twenty three hundred. I don't think Kansas City's bad either. He's thrown the ball twenty two, twenty three times a game this year, and he's already got three interceptions in three games. If he has to air the ball out against Kansas City. In Kansas City, too. Yeah, that's a tough place to play. Yeah, they're definitely picking off. Yeah. And Kansas City is one of the hardest places to play. Wait, so wait, is are the Jets not a good play? Like, I know we're going to move to tournament plays here, but like... They're a good play. I The Jets, like, we used to play every defense against the Bills and we had we have success. I mean, I don't know if... Should we be moving off them? Well, not lately. Josh Allen's just crushing people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough, man. The defenses are like, they're they're the worst. Okay, guys, let's go GPP. Uh, let's go really quick. DST tags, who do you have? Oakland. 
2000. Um, we've talked about Roethlisberger's road struggles, and um, he might get cute, try and throw the ball down the field in Oakland. There's always a pick six possibility in there. They're the bare minimum, two two grand on DK, and they're at home. That's like a tournament play only, but um, I don't think it's the worst one. When I'm doing these podcast tags, I go to our cheat sheet, and I slide the bar so that I don't see anyone projected for under five fantasy points. So I'm looking for Oakland. I'm like, I don't think they're on this slate. No, just because they're projected so low. Matt, who do you have for GPP? Yeah, Oakland is interesting. I'd maybe go with Philadelphia, but I think that's more of like an anti-Homer pick just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but still so anti-Cowboys well, and kind of not believing <laughs> what I'm seeing. Well, the thing is, Dak like leads the league in sacks. I don't know if any, if you guys know that. Like Dak Prescott has been sacked more than any other quarterback in the league. It's like 45 times, I think, through 12 games. No way, that's amazing. Yeah, he gets he gets sacked a lot. I'm I'm keenly aware of that. So it's a situation <laughs> where, uh, you know, I, Philly's defense, like I think it's it's not easy to run on them. So they, there could be a situation where they're able to uh, to stop Zeke. Maybe they score some points and the forces uh, Dak to have to throw the ball a little bit more, and then they they can just kind of tee off, get some sacks, maybe get some interceptions. So, and I think they're going to have low ownership too. I've got the Saints at Tampa. Again, if the weather conditions are, uh, e- even if rain is in question, I could see Winston just melting down against the Saints who do have a better defense. Possible. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Tight end. Any, uh, any contrarian plays you like? <sighs> we, we talked about a lot of the tight ends I think we all like. I mean, like. There's no one else I would even consider except for Dan Arnold. Yeah, I think Njoku is the one that I think is a good tournament play. Like, if you get away from, the, like, the top guys. Like, I don't think Cameron Braid's a good play at all. Um, Austin Hooper, not really a good play. Would you play Arnold in GPP? That's not a bad one. Dan Arnold, like, he's not playing a whole lot of snaps, but he's getting the targets when he's on the field. I mean, he's not going to get eight targets, seven receptions for 100 yards. It's going to be, like, four targets, four receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown at best, probably. That's what you're hoping for, ideal. Yeah, and that's the thing, like... When, with, a, with a player like that, you almost want to be out in front of the curve, so he's not a bad tournament play. I would maybe go with Cook. Uh, he interests me in that, um, you know, I think someone's going to have to be catching the ball there in Oakland, presumably. Uh, and I think at his price point, people will either gravitate towards Gronkowski or to Kittle. Um, so I, I could see him having depressed ownership relative to his projected target share. I like that one. I, 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 and I really like it because like, so Pittsburgh like seems to have turned things around against the tight end position, but like, cause like up until their bye, they were de- like getting crushed by tight ends like week over week. And I was like, well, they've been better. But then like, you look at the competition and it's like set the valve, Mark Andrews, Greg Olson, James O'Shaughnessy, Jeff Hireman, Antonio Gates. Like they haven't played anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to start us off at wide receiver because I'm really psyched about this one. Josh Gordon against Xavier Howard list Miami Dolphins. Josh Gordon, everyone's forgetting about him because last week he only had three targets. Josh Gordon could go nuts any game. Without Howard, he's an awesome play. I mean, I, but in a tournament. But uh, the, the concern is that, Matt, what's your take on this? Because, like, Josh Gordon didn't play as many snaps last week. He, like, shot down into, like, the 60% of snaps with everybody back, with Rex Burkhead back, with Gronk back, with Edelman. Like, all these guys. Yeah, he's not safe. He He's not on the field all the time anymore. Like, that's my concern. Yeah. I think that was maybe a little more uh, game plan specific. Um, but, yeah, it is hard to know how they're going to deploy uh, really any of those guys with everyone back. But, I mean, for tournament, uh, it doesn't bother me. I like Curtis Samuel a lot for GPPs. Uh, especially uh, stacked with Newton. But uh, yeah, he's someone who really intrigues me. Calvin Ridley against Green Bay. Yeah, J.R. Alexander is going to shadow Julio Jones, and that's fine. Like, Julio's going to get his. Um, but at the same time, Calvin Ridley dominates man coverage, and, and like Green Bay does run man coverage like 70% of the time, and he's going to match up with Josh Jackson. So he's a rookie cornerback, another rookie cornerback. Like, obviously, Ridley's a rookie as well, but uh, Josh Jackson's a little bit more stiff in his movements, like where he's he's more of like a ball hawk cornerback, and he, he keeps his eyes on the quarterback quite a bit. Um, so if Ridley, like, literally puts a double move on him, like, he could be gone down the sideline. So um, Ridley at 5,200 to me is like a great tournament play. Okay. Amari Cooper is a good play as well. I think a lot of people are going to use him in GPP because he could go nuts. But, I mean, $6,900 on FanDuel, that is not a bad price whatsoever for someone who might just be a wide receiver one. Yeah, Matt, what, what's your take on Amari? Um, I, I just I worry that Philly is going to do the same thing they did to Michael Thomas, and they kind of almost like stick two men on him, like where, where he goes and just like 
just shove him at the line of scrimmage and try and break his routes. And that's like the way to do it. I wouldn't go with Amari, but I don't know. I'm just kind of like uh, a Cowboys antagonist. So I, I kind of can't <laughs> roster anyone on that team. Anybody else you like for GPP tags? Let's get a few more names here. So T.Y. Hilton, I mentioned him earlier. I, I think T.Y. Hilton's an awesome play. But uh, if you want to go cheaper. Say it. Say it. Devontae Parker. Golden Tate at 4,800 is not a bad play. Uh, he's actually getting targeted now. He dominated this Cowboys defense earlier in the year. He didn't with the Eagles, but it seemed like him and Carson Wentz have slowly got on the same page and they look good. Um, but if you want two like you know, plays below 4,500, Kiki QT, 4,400 um, against the Colts. Like the last time he they played against each other, that's when he, I think it was his first game of his career, actually. He caught 11 passes for 109 yards against them. So, I mean, he's interesting for sure. Like you always have the, the concerns with his hamstring and uh, Zay Jones at 4,200. I'm going to give everyone the super duper secret play that's going to win someone $300,000. You guys ready? Kenny Stills with Ryan Tannehill back. I don't mind it. Like it depends. If Danny Amendola's out, I'll like that play a lot more because uh, Stills played in the slot a lot last week with Danny Amendola out. And if he's out, like that's where you attack uh, New England. You could beat them up the seam. But if he's like matched up on the perimeter, if Amendola's back, that means Stills is almost like a, a 70, 80% perimeter player. And that means he would match up with McCourty, who just has, has just as much speed as Kenny Stills does. So it just depends on if Amendola plays or not. I know this one's going to make a lot of people mad, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling does have substantial upside against Atlanta this week. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Uh, one guy I like a little more uh, around that price is Traquan Smith. Uh, and obviously we just kind of have to see a little bit with the weather and uh, what's going on with Michael Thomas. I'm assuming Michael Thomas plays. But um, you know, at 4,500, I think a lot of people would just pivot to Cortland Sutton. Uh, and then also within that same game, uh, you know, close to that price point, you have Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin. So I think Smith could have pretty low ownership. Last name I want to say is Juju. Just a reminder, Juju has huge games every once in a while. So always get some exposure to him in GPP. Let's go running back, guys. Matt, you can go first. Philip Lindsay is someone I like quite a bit. Uh, Spencer Ware, uh, I think in kind of like a, a post-hype week. Uh, I think because he kind of disappointed a little bit last week and then people will be, you know, looking to save more with, with guys like Samuels and Wilson. Um, but I think he has a lot of upside, uh, in terms of scoring potential in that game. Uh, and then I feel really hesitant about this one, but Peyton Barber, uh, as Tags has mentioned, like it's a situation where like you really, you can't count on catches, you can't count on yards. Um, but he's the lead back on a team that is going to be playing in a high scoring game. Uh, and you kind of never know what could happen. Like he's, he's going to have like zero to 1% ownership, you know, like people are not going to be on him, but like he does have a chance of scoring two touchdowns. I've got four plays. I love then tags. will let you finish it off on a running back. I've got Mark Ingram. I think that's a pretty obvious one for GPP, Austin Eckler, James White against Miami. And then Kenyon Drake, do you know how many big games he's had this year? 25 against Cincinnati, 24 against Houston, 27 against the Colts, 19 against the Lions. He's got some big ones in him. I think it could happen against the Patriots. Why James White over Sonny Michelle? I mean, Sonny Michelle could have a big one too, but I mean, James White has had some big games. 31, 24, 30, 25, 28. No, I, I, no, 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 I know, but that, that was, that was, that was like a totally different scenario with no Gronkowski, with no Burkhead, all that stuff. Like all these, this receiving work that he's losing as the year goes on, he's losing that upside. He had nine targets last week. Oh, I, that was more game script. That was had to do with the Vikings. And I liked James White more than Michelle last week, but Michelle is the, Michelle's the play this week. Like 5,900, if you want to play a Patriots back, he's getting all the goal line work. He's the, he's the blunt of that offense now. Tevin Coleman, I mean, I've talked about that that Falcons-Green Bay game and how I think that it can be a lot higher scoring than people think. And Tevin Coleman, I know he's been trash lately, but if someone told you weeks ago that you were like, oh, you're going to have no Devonta Freeman and you're going to have them going into Green Bay, Tevin Coleman at $4,400, you'd be like, oh, sign me up. I'll just say you better get 15 yards per carry because he's going to touch the ball seven times. <laughs> I don't know. if I, I, That's why I said I, I didn't I didn't bring him up in cash, but in tournaments, I think he's a solid player. It's not a bad call at all. Nick Chubb needs to be mentioned because he's got big games uh, that come out of his ear sometimes. Let's go quarterback here. Anybody else that you like here, Matt? Uh, yeah, Mahomes is really interesting to me. And then also Cam Newton. So we have Mahomes projected at 3.9% ownership. What? He's got to be higher than that, right? You think people are going to play him against Baltimore? I think people want to p- play Patrick Mahomes against anybody. That that Baltimore defense, they should have been mentioned actually as a GPP play because like if you watch the game with uh, Mahomes last week, he didn't play a very good game and he missed a lot. And uh, Oakland should have had a few interceptions in that game where it's like if he makes those mistakes against Baltimore, they can bite him in the butt. But yeah, I mean, if he's going to be 4% owned, yeah, I'll sign me up. I'll, I'll put Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in a stack. What about 
Like, if you're want to go really, really cheap, what about going down to Nick Mullins? No. <laughs> 4,600 against Denver, a, a Chris Harrisless Denver team who has already sucked against the pass. Like, they've, they've, they haven't been good against the pass, like, even with Chris Harris out there. So, I don't know. I just feel like there's been, I think there's been six quarterbacks who have scored at least 20 fantasy points against them this year. And Mullins now has Marquise Goodwin back. He's got Dante Pettis as a favorite option. Uh, Jeff Wilson's a receiver out of the backfield. George Kittle, obviously, up the middle of the field. I just think, like, 4,600, that's, that's kind of ridiculous. If I'm going really cheap, I'm going really cheap. $4,000 for Mark Sanchez? No. Ew. There's a chance he gets 15 points. If he does that, he's almost 4X value, dude. But you're not winning a tournament with him, though. Oh, just like you said about Jared Goff last year in week one. And guess what, baby? Million dollars. I didn't win it, but someone else did. So, Matt, Bobby just brought up something from week one last year. Do you have anything <laughs> to, to, to throw at me now? <laughs> Uh, no, but week one is really relevant. <laughs> Josh Allen against the Jets is my favorite GPP play. All right, guys, let's go stack of the week. Matt, you're first. Uh, Newton with Samuel. Newton with Samuel. Uh, really just, really just like that potential there. Tags? Watson and Hopkins. Watson and Hopkins. I'm going Winston and Godwin. Nice. All right. And who is your lock of the week, Tags? I'm going to stick with DeAndre Hopkins, man. I, I made the statement. I said, I said that he's a lock. I'm putting it in guaranteed 100 yards and a touchdown. All right. We can bet on that. Sweet, let's do it. Yeah, I'm because I'm putting Keenan Allen up against him. Keenan Allen's my lock of the week. Nice, I like it. And who are you going with, Matt? Uh, I'm going with Jeffrey Wilson. Oh, yeah, very cheap. Just like his upside uh, in terms of like reception potential. I, I think if game script goes against him, it's still fine because I think he'll get a lot of usage as a receiver. Yeah, and just to clarify, I just want to like for people if you're listening to this, like it's your first time listening to the show, and you're like, well, lock of the week. Like, what does that mean? So what it means is like any price point, we could pick Christian McCaffrey want if we want to, but essentially we're saying this player is a lock for three x production at their price. So if you wanted to play McCaffrey, you're looking for basically 27 points. But uh, Jeffrey Wilson at 3800, that's not bad at all because you're looking for essentially like 10 and a half points out of him. And that is, um, that would obviously work for a cash game lineup. All right, guys. Well, that's all for today's show. Matt, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. And thanks to the sponsors of today's show, FanDuel.com. Remember, they've got those super flex contests that I'm playing with in cash games and check out pristineauction.com where they've got hundreds of items that they're auctioning off every day. Everything's guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. And there's some really great values to be found there as well. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.